0: Good morning, it's a joy to worship with you this morning, I am Sue Lee, a Salem campus pastor, we have uh, one church with the two different campuses, I'm a pastor over there, and this morning I preached over there at Salem at 10 o'clock, so I was a little late, so, but it's so great joy to be here, and I'm so glad you are here worshiping with us this morning. Let me begin with sharing a uh, little joy, I, I think it's good to share with the joy. So last week, um, I had a pregnant lady walk into our church office and the Salem campus, and uh, she came in, and as soon as I saw her, I thought, oh, maybe she needs help because a lot of people come to their campus, they ask for help. So she came, so I said, can I help you? She said, well, actually, I want to help you. I said, you want to help us? And she was talking to me about she lives around that area, and she saw how uh, we are helping the people in our community with the grocery giveaway we spent about 12 weeks give, uh, give a free grocery giveaway and also Thursday night community meal and she was just so impressed with it and she thinks it's really good that you are making difference for the people in our community and she wants to be part of it and she wants to help us out i said that's great so right now we are buying uh, Christmas gifts for under-resourced children and family in our community maybe you can come, maybe buy a few gifts for the children she said sure so i was talking with her and then she said well i am due next month and i can i don't i cannot be shopping right now but i can give you i can donate some money so you can buy gifts i said sure that sounds really good so she gave me a check and i i, I look at it quickly at, was it was like a hundred dollar i thought I said, this is great that we can buy thirty-four gifts for the children. Thank you so much. And then she left. So I gave the check to our treasurer and, and then uh, finance department. And a s- few days later, I received an email saying, Suli, I received a $1,000 check. What do you want me to do with it? I say, and I cannot differentiate between $100 and $1,000, right? (laughs) So, I mean, the money is given for the people in the community. Let's give it all back to the community. And God is doing amazing things. I mean, it's like people saw what God is doing and they weren't part of it. I have many more stories, but I will only stay with one story today. Yes. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. You are here with us, and we are so thankful for the opportunity for us to worship the King. Reign over us in this room today. Speak to us, O Lord, speak through me, so we can encounter the living Christ in the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And reign over our hearts and our minds May we be one with you and one with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you are a hyperactive person like a type A, you may struggle with resting. Probably you don't know how to rest even if you have enough time. You are ambitious, outgoing, rigidly organized, and impatient and proactive. You are the type that wants to do something all the time to achieve security and success. But if you are a more relaxed person, like type B, easygoing and carefree, you may, you may not have so much trouble with resting. Regardless of your personality type, have you entered into God's rest? This advanced season, we are using Charles Wesley's hymn, come, long-expected Jesus. Advent proclaims the coming of the Christ. Jesus came 2,020 years ago, and he still comes with his word and the Holy Spirit. God so loved the people. God so loved you and us and the people outside the church wall. He loved the people. He sent his son to release us from all captivity. Last Sunday, Pastor over there, Jonathan and Pastor Pam uh, Roland, pray, they preached how we can experience the freedom from our sin. Today, we are looking at the next verse of the Charles Wesley's hymn. From our fear and sin, O oh God, release us. Let us find rest indeed. Are you able to rest with the fear along, alongside you? Fear can be only positive when it gives a warning signal to prevent us from danger. There is a different kind of fear that Bible talks about, fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is like, oh, God, God is just so holy, so amazing, and so powerful. So it's like a respect and honor of the Lord. But that's not what we are talking about today. We are talking about being afraid of something in fear of evil and its outcome. The fear that makes people lonely, isolate people, and paralyzes people from coming closer to God. In reality, fear is the enemy's greatest weapon to attack God's people and his church. What fear drives you? Public speaking is on top of the fear list for many people because we are self-conscious. We don't want to be judged. People struggle with the fear of a failure, rejection, anxiety, and fear of the unknown, abandonment, and childhood trauma. Other more natural fears include heights and spiders and flying, lightning and thunder, even going to the dentist. Yesterday, I went to grocery store, and I met this lady. She told me, I have have an appointment with your husband on Monday, and I'm scared to death. And I say, you don't have to be worried about that. It's fine. You're going to be just fine. She said, I don't know about this. I'll let you know on Monday. So people have a fear of many different things. Many people have a fear of losing health and wealth and loved ones and even life in general. Fear of death. Fear is more than just a mental, emotional feeling. About 90% of the first symptom of chronic passions was fear. It affects the physical health and relationships and well-being of who you are in Christ Jesus. Faithful people in the Bible had similar problems with fear. Abraham, man of faith, he was afraid and tried to protect his life he lied twice that his wife was his sister to Pharaoh and Abimelech. King David, he was a strong man, and he was able to kill bears and lions with a bare, ha- bare hand. But and yet, when we read the psalm, he expressed how much he was in fear. Peter, key disciple of Jesus, he denied Jesus three times in order to protect himself, protect his life. But don't be discouraged. Fear has no last word for Christians. In the natural world, fear is a fundamental issue, and we need to overcome fear. The spirit of fear we are going to overcome. We have overcome. But in order to do that, we need to know where fear came from and how it became part of our ordinary life. There is a study that shows that fear is a result of genetics. A neurologist from Stanford University has opined that fear is a learned behavior and it does develop from relationships with close family members and also from experienced. Fear is hereditary. We inherit it. I love it when science complements the word of God. The Bible says in Genesis how Adam and Eve experienced fear when they disobeyed God. Adam and Eve had everything they needed. They had a food and perfect relationship with God and with one another. But God said you can have everything except one thing. Don't eat the fruit of the good, of knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you're going to die. But the serpent, the temper, and Satan came and lied to Eve saying, no, you will not die. If you eat this, you're going to be as wise. You know, the good and evil, you're going to be wise as God. You know, the, the, the temptation, the, they sound really good. Usually temptation sounds better than the truth. So Eve took the fruit and ate it and gave it to Adam. Adam and Eve had a choice to listen to God or listen to the serpent. And they made a bad choice. The spirit, the moment, of, moment they disobeyed God, the fear and shame came upon them. The spirit of fear has operated in this world ever since. The consequences of a disobeying God is the fear of judgment and death. Disobedience creates fear. If there is fear, there is no rest. But we have the good news. The Church of Jesus Christ proclaimed the good news. Jesus was born to rescue us and release us from the captivity of fear and sin and death. The son of God, Jesus, he came down to this earth and he became a man. God incarnate, incarnation. As a man, he understands. He understands our struggles and our pains. Jesus can fully identify with our fears and weaknesses and yet He endured every test and temptation. Let's see what Hebrew writers had to say about this. We can read from Hebrews chapter 2, 17 to 18. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The source of Hebrews in the Old Testament and it interprets in the light of believing in Jesus Christ. The source of, the, uh, the source of Hebrews is the Old Testament, and it interprets in the light of Jesus Christ. Hebrews is the only book of the New Testament that refers Jesus as our high priest. The main duty of a high priest is for atonement. In the Old Testament, the high priest offers animal sacrifices to God for the forgiveness of their own sins and sins of the people. They perform priestly duty once a year on the day of atonement. We usually use the word atonement during Holy Week, especially on Good Friday. But atonement simply means the reconciliation of God and people through Jesus Christ. Without atonement, without forgiveness of a sin, no one can approach God. For God is so holy. But without incarnation, God becomes becoming a man, no one can understand the power of his love. For God sent his son to cleanse us, make atonement. He paid the full price for our sin on the cross. We are forgiven because his sacrificial love and mercy and faithfulness we, we are being cleansed and being renewed in Christ. The old Garments of fear and shame from Adam and Eve are gone. Jesus destroyed the power of death, the devil, and he set us free from the slavery of death of fear. Now we have a new garment. We have a new garment from Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can approach the throne of God to grace. That's the amazing grace. That's the amazing love of God. The story is given it to us for this season. Hebrews chapter 4, 16, it reads, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Have confidence. The Bible tells us that God's grace helps us in our needs, in times of our needs. So we can approach God by faith, believing in Christ, trusting in him. Nothing can hold us back, no fear, no judgment, no condemnation. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Do you have confidence that Jesus accepts you the the way you are? Jesus is here to help us, help you in times of your need, our need. Holy Spirit is here to walk with us and guide us. God's love is so powerful to transform us. Come with confidence and release everything unto the Lord so you can enter into God to rest. Rest from all your labors. Some people say, I can only rest when I die. No, it's for today. We don't have to wait. The God's rest is for today and forever. God's rest is more than resting in front of a TV or taking a nap. Resting in God brings peace and freedom in Christ Jesus. Love and joy and contentment and well-being. Entering into God's rest is now and for future reality. Think about this. The almighty, powerful, amazing, loving God walked in as a man. He sits with us just because he wants to be with us, just because he loves us so much. And he said, come to me, I will give you rest. Jesus became a man. He experienced the human limitation for 33 years. Just because he wants to be with us. Just because he loves us. Therefore, he knows what it's like to be afraid. He knows what it's like to be troubled. He understands the pain of rejection. He understands the pain of death. At the same time, he overcame the fear of death and condemnation. And he has the power to release all of us from this fear, the spirit of fear. And the Spirit of God is available for us to live the life of victory in Christ. So what should we do? Believe in the Lord. Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent to love us and forgive us and heal us and liberated us from the Spirit of anything that's binding us. Get to know Him and enjoy getting to rest by faith. Come to the throne of his grace. His throne His authority and mercy and compassion. That's his throne of God's grace. Know Jesus personally in here, not in here. Know what he said from his word, from the Bible. Know what he's thinking. Lay down all the bondages that hold you back. Come to him like a little child. Faith is accepting that you are being accepted and believing who God is and how He is here to walk with us. And you are safe in his love if you trust him. When we trust Him, fear never goes down. It's, it goes down. More we look up to Him, more we trust Him. It goes down. Last year, my husband and I went to Columbus to visit our son's family, um, and we took our grandson Nathan. He was three; he's almost four now, four. So he was three years old. So we took him to Columbus Zoo, and he was just so happy and so proud. And we took, uh, and he was just so confident. And he went to the obstacle course, and he was like very high, about like a ten feet high. So he was just so proud, and we were so proud. Look at this little Nathan. He went up all the way to 10 feet. He's not even afraid. And then he was having so much fun, and then suddenly he's grandpa's baby, and he called him Habi. That's Korean, means grandpa, but he did not know how to pronounce it. He called him Habi. There's no word in the Korean dictionary. He just made it up. So that's his word of saying Hobby. He's the one who calls him Hobby. It's like a habit. Yeah, he's the Habi. But in this moment, but Young was out of his sight. As soon as he realized the hobby, grandpa wasn't there, he was paralyzed, like he was so frozen. And he did not move. And he could he looked around and he, he was ready to burst in tears. So I said, Young, come on back. Nathan is ready to cry. As soon as Young said, Hey, Nathan, I am here. He smiled. He was confident, he was fine. Apostle John tells us in First John, God is love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with judgment. So how do we find God's rest? How do you find God's rest? First, in order to receive, we have to release everything. Release your fear and anxiety and burden and grief and circumstances and weakness, COVID, whatever it scared you to death. Release Him. Release everything unto the Lord. We have to empty our cup in order to receive it. We release all things unto Jesus and receive. Receive His rest. Receive His security. Receive well-being. Receive it freedom and peace. And walk with God. And walk with someone who can help you to walk with God. God's rest is for you. It's for today. And it's forever. It's a present reality and future reality. The Psalm 23, we love the Psalm. It tells us, even though we walk through the darkest valley, whatever we are going through this in our nation and around the the world, he said, I will not be afraid. Why? Because the Lord is with me. It didn't change the circumstances. But because the Lord is with me, I am not afraid. Psalm 91, I will find rest. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High God Almighty, I will find rest. Not because everything is perfect. Not because there is no pandemic. Because we find rest when I dwell in the shelter of the Most High Almighty God. Long expected Jesus is here. He was born to set us free, free from sin and addiction and worry and anxiety, unbelief and grief, everything, whatever it's going holding you back. He is here. Spirit of a living God is here to help you and walk with you. The Lord is here. The Word of God is here. Word of God is active and sharper than any two-edged sword. He said, "I am here, and the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit is here to walk with us." So everyone who comes to Jesus, you will find freedom, find free, liberty from all the stuff, all the stuff that we don't want to have. Won't you come, won't you come? Just bring everything down today. Release everything down just on the floor and step on it. Don't take it back when you leave this place. I'm going to have a prayer, corporate prayer. As we pray, just seek God's heart. I want to pray for you. And just so with the echo of faith, whatever it's bothering you, whatever it's been holding you back for all your life, whatever it's bothering you, your family, fear of health, whatever that may be. Just let's bring it to the Lord. Let us pray. Long expected, Jesus, you are here. We love you, God. We love the word of God. We love the presence of the Holy Spirit. You came to set us free. You came to give us rest. So I pray for the people who are here, people who are watching today. God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, we release everything that's bothering us, burdening us. Release our anxiety to you. Release our frustration, hopelessness, addiction, depression, fear of unknown, fear of a pandemic, job, health, everything that's been bothering your beloved sons and daughters. God, grant them courage to release everything unto you. We are giving it to you, Lord. We are putting it down at your feet. Now we are opening our hearts and mind. We want to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. We want to receive freedom, joy, peace, love, power. Oh God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, spirit of fear, I command you to depart from God's children. The spirit of darkness, you have no authority over God's church and God's children. I speak life, I speak healing, I speak restoration. Let there be freedom by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit today and days to come. Lord, would you go with them when they leave this place? When they walk day by day, when your children walk day by day, comfort them, bless them with your holy presence. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.